This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Heisers up, everyone. It's time for the latest and greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by your friends at WEEI, Odyssey Sports, and 2400 Sports. Today, we got Hart, we got Fitzy. We got you, and we got two action-packed segments chock full of news, opinion, analysis, and so much more. We're going to be talking in our continued off-seasonal positional preview. Today, we're going to tackle linebackers, a position that used to be the heart and soul of the Bill Belichick defense. Now, in an, in an NFL where the position is, dare I say, not becoming extinct, where the position is evolving the, the Patriots find themselves in a very interesting position because, well, dare I say, there's really not many uh, great linebackers. If there are actually any linebackers left on the team, we'll gauge your interest rate on that position and what we think the Pats will be doing this offseason. And then it's what everyone's talking about around town. Uh, it's, all, it's all the buzz. It's the return of the Six Rings podcast mailbag. And now we got Andy Hart in the mailbag for the first time in quite some time. And this should be dynamic i got some zesty questions or a rainbow if you will of topics andrew um you know this is interesting here we are it's we're recording uh february 16th 2023 they're not going to play football the only football that's going to get played anytime soon is the extreme football league xfl 3.0 which kicks off this weekend uh no nfl for almost seven months and yet here i am just still as excited as ever to talk about the patriots um who the hell is going to play linebacker this year? Mock drafts, mailbag questions. It's unbelievable the way they just get their hooks in us and we are cradle to grave suckers for the sport. And despite going four years without a playoff win, raising tickets across the board at Gillette Stadium. Oh, how about, how about, but it's, you know, I thought I saw that and I thought, ooh, be, be careful about that, guys. I'm not sure if you saw what happened last season, but I'm not, I don't know if the fans are going to be too happy about that. However, it is the first time they've raised ticket prices since. 2008 funny note to that is in 2008 they're coming off arguably the greatest season in nfl if not franchise history a little bit of a uh, sad trombone of an ending however i can understand the eh, little elevation in ticket prices 
coming off of the most annoying season since the Rod Ruster Dick McPherson era. You raise ticket prices. Uh, optic, optics, party of one. What are we doing? Well, and it kind of puts in, and I saw Chris Mason, our friend at Mass Live, was the first that I saw uh, tie the two things together. But that uh, Monday after the season ended letter that went out to fans, like, we're going to put the best product on the field possible, now kind of puts that in better perspective. You, They were greasing the skids there for, oh, and by the way, to put yeah. that product on the field, we're going to need you to pay a little bit more. They're also playing a little bit of a bait-and-switch game in a number of areas, including well, parking is going to go down, so your ticket will go up, but blah, blah, blah. You may not pay quite as much. or So there's going to be a little bit of that. But um, certainly, as you say, optics-wise, because I got to think there's probably some people who mm -hmm. just took the douche factor to a higher level by turning their visor around. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> there's probably some people like me, entertainment-wise. I put out my poll. How close do you think this team is to the Super Bowl? That Boy, the, what, a, what a level of engagement, by the way, if you don't follow him already, uh, it, if not for because you enjoy his trolling of the waters, him no. calling you, you people no. and uh, whatever else, no. uh, the clapbacks and more no. at Jumbo Hart put out the poll. How soon do you think it'll be before the Patriots return to the Super Bowl? What? I mean, everybody, the first two answers were like, what? Two to four years, then like zero to five or something like that. Uh, uh, no, it was less than five um six to ten or more than ten yeah and, and anyone of uh, the replies zesty salty there yes, i say were. caliente yes, most of it was like anyone who thinks it'll be anything less than ten you know idiots is an idiot uh a fanboy wears pat's pajamas to bed blah 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 like, okay yeah uh, i and i i have a different take andy this actually before we launch into our off-seasonal positional here um I, I obviously think it'll be within 10 years. And here's why. Here, I why. realized, uh, in addition to believing in my firm commitment to the team and the team's firm commitment, like Robert Kraft said with his little off-the-record breakfast this week at this last week at the Super Bowl that Tom Kern talked about on our station, the email that went out the day after they lost in Buffalo. The team is committed. They will allocate the resources. You've got quality ownership that has continued continually invested in the success of the team, the happiness of the fan base, and of course, relevance. Because Robert Kraft, after being one of the bigger celebrity owners in professional sports, if not America, the last 20-something years, doesn't want to just be that guy that they're not sure if they want to let in behind the velvet rope anytime soon. The Patriots are kind of like the fancy new Steelers. Like the Steelers, like one of the things about Mike Tomlin is that he has never had a losing record as a head coach, correct? Yes. And... They won there. They went to three Super Bowls. They won two. They lost one with Roethlisberger. But in the time since they've lost their since their quarterback aged out, and now they're looking for their new quarterback. They believe they found him in one Kenneth Pickett with the tiny hands, but the big heart. They're constantly never the best team, but they're never out of it. Like they're always goodish. You know what I mean? Like I have a feeling the and that's because of good ownership and a good head coach. The Patriots have a great head coach. Patriots have solid ownership. So if there's any team, dare I not say North Star, but if there's a team to look toward as to who we might be for a while until we hit the jackpot and find a new wide receiver who elevates the team, a Micah Parsons on defense, or just have the greatest draft ever, it may just be the Pittsburgh Steelers for your New England Patriots. Goodish? That's yeah. what we're left with? Goodish? Is that going to be good? good? I never watched the show, but I know there was a show Blackish. Mm -hmm. so now the Patriots are goodish. I think the Patriots are, you know, good, good, yeah. good-ish. 
It's kind of like when we send our producer the length of these segments and forget to write down the actual time codes and just write 17 minutes ish. Seven, yeah, it's right around seven, right around. That means right look around, around in that area. You might find it in that general area. That's kind of where I think they're going to be for a while. Yeah, I don't love it. And and to me, goodish is not good enough in New England. It's not entertaining necessarily. This is entitled town. Unacceptable. Well, but I would start with goodish in the NFL. I feel like the way the Patriots have. Um, done it in recent years is basically uh, last year there were some counter examples to this but the whole idea Belichick goes with like don't lose it like before you can win you have to not lose and a lot of teams mm -hmm. will lose and they'll make stupid mistakes and suck and penalties and game on the line whatever was he talking about his own team last yeah, year last okay, year he right. kind of was last year even with was. that they were a goodish team they were on the cusp of the postseason mm -hmm. last year. So they'll be betterish this season. <laughs> I, I would love for them to be betterish, but I still don't think they'll be goodish enough to be a contender. And that's where I wonder like the one in five people, I think it was like 18% that voted more than 10 years in my poll. Mm -hmm. Are those one in five people already, if they're season ticket holders, considering, you know what, do I really want to spend this money anymore to go to Gillette eight, nine times a year? put a full day in part you know set up my mm -hmm. tailgate for um, goodish parking in the i'm parking in the free lot which means yeah. it's 75 minutes after the game you know do i really feel like spacking up the grill and having the aftergate if they lost 27 20 like it's a commit that's the thing it is a, a being an nfl fan is a commitment it is a it is. like to go to the stadium it is a financial outlay you are planning you have to basically say uh, beyond 8A to 8P, we're talking like coordinating the tailgate. Who's bringing what? Uh, who's driving who? Who's the D? Who's driving to? Who's driving from? There's so many logistics to sort out that to do that only for goodish, I can understand the frustration of the Foxborough Mad fan. And now they raise the price because I don't know about you, but that whole thing where you're like, you have these various things that you either subscribe to or streaming services that just make their way through every month on your credit card. Oh, it's mm -hmm. $9.99. It's $9.99. Nothing, no big deal. Whatever. I have recently downloaded an app that keeps track of those yes. things for me because you know what? They're starting to they're starting to build up. And it's like, oh, well, that's why we can't go out to dinner. That's why I have to drink the cheap beer. But I also think when the $9.99 goes to $11.99 or $12.99, it po mm. pops up in your eye and you go. Do I really want that any? Do I even use that anymore? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where I would be careful if I'm the Patriots. Now, I know they haven't announced the exact numbers yet. That hasn't made its way out. But ticket price increase could push some people to say goodish is not all that entertaining. And I can watch the really good games at home and be happy and cheer my mm -hmm. team on. And so I'm intrigued by how this is received by Patriot Nation in general, both in terms of their emotion, the optics of it, and then. Oh, wait, how much did it go up? Yeah, you know what? I'm good. I don't think you're going to be in the Super Bowl for 10 years. I don't really need to renew these. Let's see. The cost of a like a really good beer on draft is the same as a that really good beer in a four-pack that I can watch in my fan cave or my barrage or wherever I have things itemized and yep. uh, sorted out and decorated. I don't have to worry about, you know, I can swear at home. I don't have to worry about keeping with the NFL's clean fan conduct policy at the stadium. I, I get it. I love being at the games, but I also understand if there will be some trepidations about a potentially goodish team. And that's going to, this is a perfect setup here for our little preamble to the positional off seasonal preview. And then of course the mailbag, because a que two questions aimed just at this very topic. 
pop up in the mailbag. So we're kind of like tapping into the zeitgeist, if you will, oh. of the Foxborough Fanimal right now. Like we are, we're reading the room, which is good, Andy. Like we're we're where we need to be. Uh, a couple other things before we get to off-seasonal positional preview. Uh, number one, will you watch any extreme football league this weekend? Do you do any of the auxiliary leagues? And will you be curious, or as you like to often say, intrigued to check out the startup, which is giving its third kick at the can this year with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, now co-owner and chairman of the XFL. Okay, so let me see. Saturday, 40 and full sunshine. Sunday, 46 and partly cloudy. Uh, not great chances because mm -hmm. it sounds like I could be outside doing something, doing yard work, hanging out with the kids, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, if if I'm if my ass is on my couch and my finger is on my remote, I will absolutely watch. It, yes. I'm not Same going here. to seek it out. I'm not going to say. Oh, You're I not putting a calendar reminder like Andy. Nope. Oh, what is that, Chat GPT? Oh, you want me? Oh, you wrote a letter to me reminding me that I need to watch the Extreme Football League. Oh, Chat nope. XFL. No. No. Uh, but it is all former NFL players as coaches. They look like they're real. Like they, I bet this will be the best version of the football that you've seen of the three iterations of the XFL. It had it was making some momentum towards picking up some fans before COVID shut it down in 2020. I'd be curious to see if teams like uh, DC was it uh, the DC Renegades or whatever the Washington team. They were building up a nice little fan base. The St. Louis BattleHawks were getting 35,000 people a game before COVID shut down XFL 2.0. So I'll be curious if the, if they can rebuild the, uh, the show momentum, if you will, the, uh, the throw momentum, if you will, to make a word about football and uh, a burgeoning fan base. And I just want to see how good the gameplay is as well. I don't expect it to be a direct talent pipeline, but also if I'm coming down off of like the high of the, of the NFL, like, okay, I'll just take a quick little hit of XFL just to like, make sure I don't get, you know, Jones or scratch too much. Um, so that's this weekend. And I would be honest, I think I'd rather watch the XFL 3.0 than the three-point contest, the dunk contest, or the all-star game. Um, Not me. No? The dunk contest, yes. The dunk contest blows. Forget the dunk contest. Um, But the, the sort of the festivities, the three-point contest, even though Jason Tatum's in there despite being one of the worst three-point shooters in the NBA right now. He's the eighth the best on his own team, and yet yeah. somehow he's in the three-point contest. And I get it. Star power, name, whatever. He has a lot of threes. He misses a lot of threes. He takes a lot of threes. But at least, um, at least you're seeing stars there, notable names for the most part. This doesn't belong in a football podcast, but I feel maybe we'll do okay, this this off season. That's okay. Uh, maybe we can do this on our, our Fitzy and Hart coming up this Sunday on Weei. Would it be more fun? You know, like Food Network has these shows. They have the you know like Iron Chef, Beat Bobby Flay, all these cooking contests with legitimate. Food Network stars, internationally renowned chefs, people you pay hundreds of dollars to dine and have petite bites of fabulous food. Then they have shows like Worst Cooks in America or, you know, like America's Worst mm -hmm. Chef. Would it be more fun to watch a dunk contest with a bunch of people, like a bunch of people, like just <laughs> I got almost want to watch a dunk contest with people off the street or that have Instagram follows. And I would rather watch, I think, a three point contest with like Time Lord and a bunch of dudes who can't shoot the three just because right. <laughs> all the, the the whiffs, the bricks, the balls over the backboard might be more entertaining. Well, I do think they could get more creative, yes. um, sort of like the NFL has has tried to get more creative with the Pro Bowl and all the games. And I know somebody diminishing did, results during quarantine. Somebody did a horse contest. I think a game of horse for NBA All-Star Weekend would be fun. Um, I think that would be something where you could, 
and and especially if you pitted um Steph Curry versus Rob Williams or like a big versus a small and how they would mm-hmm. approach it in terms of one's shooting everything, one's doing other stuff. Um they could definitely I thought you were going to say chopped version of where like maybe you you lift up the thing and it tells you what kind of shot you have to hit. Oh, absolutely. I'm here for all that. I think the food, the people over at scripts network are brilliant programmers with ideas yeah. galore food network and NBA mash it up next year. All-star weekend. You're welcome. Signed Fitzy and Hart, AKA the six ring bros. Uh, last note before we get into off seasonal, uh, where Jeez. were you? Well, a- Andy, I know. Way, minute so much to, I know. Well, it's a, now it's its own segment on the up. podcast. Damn guy. How do you feel about, uh, or where were you when the Christian Wilkerson and Quinn Nordine errors came to an end? They've both been oh. officially released of all offseason obligations, contracts. They're no longer held onto by the New England Patriots. This is for a, what they could have been. For people like me with eyes and, you know, expertise, this was not a big deal. For people like you, the frauds of the world, who oh. once thought Christian Wilkerson was the second coming of Jerry Rice and once thought Quinn Nordine was the second coming of Sebastian Janikowski and Iron Leg unseat guys who actually were NFL talents at their position, this must be a tough, tough week to see those guys be told, you're not good enough because you know why? They've never been good enough. Thank you. Thank you so much for the empathy, Andy. Thank you for sympathizing with me. Like the, the sincere offering, the gesture, the emotional gesture is much appreciated. I think on behalf of a Pat's nation in mourning and grieving right now, we appreciate you. And we appreciate you guys listening to and playing along with the six rings podcast all off season long. That was a little opening Pat's Paris for you there. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, on to the next leg of the off-seasonal positional previews. Here we are, Hart. Talking linebackers, linebackers guy. Um, I teased up top that linebacker is a position that used to be at the center and the core, the hat and soul, if you will, of a Bill Belichick defense. Yep. There there was a time when maybe people would have said the most important position on an NFL defense was the linebacker because the big guys up front, all they had to do was just be big, fat, strong, and hold their ground. And the cornerbacks and safeties just had to make sure they didn't complete 60 yard bombs but the people that patrolled and dominated the middle of the field who really were the playmakers were linebackers cut to 20 something 30 40 years later the fantasy footballification with all of the rules about you can't touch someone here you can't go over there you can't do this you can't do that has muddied the waters so much so that i don't even almost know what a linebacker like i don't know what a catch is anymore and I don't know what a linebacker is necessarily anymore because Matthew Judon is technically a linebacker. Oh, he's also a defensive end. Well, some people actually list him as an edge player. Like, it's all over the place. Like, I miss the good old meat and potatoes day when it was just like Mike Vrabel, Teddy Bruschi, you know, uh, Ted Johnson. Like, there were some were smaller and quicker. Some were just big and stout. You don't see any more like Katz and Moyer, you know, Ted Johnson neck rolls. It's a position in flux. And, and as we look to the 2023 Patriots, I don't even know if they have any linebackers under contract. 
so the linebacker position is definitely interesting. In New England, the the, the water gets muddied by guys like Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar and in-the-box mm-hmm. safeties who play a lot of linebacker-type roles. And some of this is, you know, Belichickian haters that, you know, he doesn't adjust with the game. He forever – remember, like, I mean, we're talking – 15 years ago, I'd say, where fans wanted to start to go smaller, run around linebackers, the Lofa Tatupus, to just pull a name ah, from history. Ah, Lofa Tatupu. Um, but I do think, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Logan Wilson for the Bengals. These mm-hmm. smaller, run-around tackle machines. The Patriots do not have that. They've tried to dabble and find them. Matt Milano. Matt Milano, whoever they, he is not Mike Vrabel. He is not, but he is a modern linebacker. And yes, I don't think the position is dead across the league. I think it's dead in New England and it needs to be revived because I would look at, there was a Super Bowl run a couple of years ago where I think you could have argued that uh, Devin White and, and Levante David were borderline MVP type candidates for that defense. Oh, a hundred percent. Go back two years prior, Andy, Super Bowl 53. Who ran that? Like, I know the big flashy plays were Jason McCourty knocking the ball out of Brandon Cooks' hands on the ball Goff held on to too long and Gilmore going up and getting the underthrown pass intended for Brandon Cooks. But you know who ran that town that night? That Super Bowl was largely won on the big, broad shoulders of Kyle Van Noy and Donta Hightower. But at least they're big guys. and I'm done with big guys. Big guys are dead. Big guys is old school. Now, maybe it'll come back around. I know John Han, I've had these conversations. You put enough little guys on the field, we're just going to run it down their throats. But okay, maybe. But right now, it's a little man's game in a lot of ways, an athletic man's game in a lot of ways. And I just look around, and and some guys are bigger. There are some, like, the truly elites, yes, can be 6'4", 250, and still run a 4'4". Like, they're few and far between. But I think the Patriots need to find, Jawan Bentley is just too big and slow, in my opinion. Nice guy. There's a spot for him in certain situations, but it's not the centerpiece spot that it was 25 years ago, 30 years ago. That big run-stuffing middle linebacker is going to have 140 tackles for you. I just think too many of his tackles are eight yards downfield. I just think that you need more tweener, probably some tweener linebacker safeties more so than tweener safety linebackers. And Mm -hmm. they just don't have that. And some of the guys that, They've had, you know, your guy, Cam McGrone, who was supposed mm-hmm. to be the second coming of something great last spring. And You mean Indianapolis Colt, Cameron McGrone? Yeah. Um, but even this offseason, like McMillan and Mac Wilson, who were sort of seen in that mold, are both free agents. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know. I don't, I don't know if they're going to, I don't know if they're going to come back for another kick at the can, if the Patriots are going to target somebody in free agency. And, and of all the names we've heard so far in the far too many mock drafts by just here around valentine's day and there and thereafter all-star break for the nba have you like i've heard about tight ends the patriots should be interested in wide receivers they should go after fat guys on the line that could either push the pocket or protect it i haven't heard a flipping linebacker's name for anywhere the last time i heard a linebacker mocked to the patriots that would have been a good fit it was somebody who uh, I've heard of, you know, Kenneth Murray, I was told, would have been a good fit years ago. I was told Patrick Queen would have been a good fit a couple of years ago. Last year, I was told Devin Lloyd would have been a good fit. Spoiler alert, he really would have been because he's an excellent piece on the Jacksonville Jaguars ascending defense. This year, zero. Bubkiss, Nada, Zilch have not heard the name of a single linebacker in any mock drafts. Yeah, no, I haven't either. And I actually don't think you need to invest high. 
I think you can, these guys I'm talking about, some of them, not the freaks, not the truly elite, but the next, the Roquan Smith, who goes from the Bears to the Ravens, and then they give him $100 million or whatever they gave him. Must be nice. He's great. That's great. But I think you can find some of these mid-round guys, like they're coming out of Wisconsin and Wyoming and some of these places. Take a shot on one of those. I'd like to see one of those guys get a shot in New England as a non-traditional, non-Belichickian. The old thing used to be Belichick's linebackers had to be 6'4", run a 4'6", Most of them weighed around 250 pounds. Yeah. George, Car- they were all George Karloftis who went to Kansas City last year and had a nice season. Like, I just, I don't think that's what you need or want anymore. Go find me a 6'1 or a 6'2 tackle machine from somewhere mm-hmm. who can run, quote unquote, sideline to sideline, maybe run a little bit with some tight ends, even though they're smaller than the tight ends. I just. Now you're talking I, about the safeties, though. And and as you as you pointed out earlier in this little off-seasonal positional preview here, uh, the the evolution of the game, smaller, quicker guys. It's a smaller guys game. It's a quicker guys game now. You have to be able to defend at any point a Kansas City Chiefs offense that may have a formation featuring Kadarius Tony, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde. I wouldn't put it past Andy Reid to have all of them run ring around the rosy, and all of a sudden there's a smattering and scattering of five foot nine to six foot one, two hundred five pound humans that can all run a four four five forty. Now you that's why you need your Duggers and pe- Peppas and like other guys that are like almost big enough to cheat up in the box and play linebacker, but can still have enough speed uh, to be able to keep up in the back end. And, you know, violence is usually their first option, no matter where they're playing in the formation. So the hybrid linebacker, what do they call them? Tank, tank line, you know, tank safety, box safety. Yep. Like that is what has affected the linebacking position to a point where I do wonder if you're ever going to see the, you know, the Lawrence, uh, the, Micah Parsons is an outlier. He's a true freak of nature. You're not going to like, that's generational talent we're talking about. But I don't think you're going to see a hearkening back to the good old days of, you know, Vincent Brown and Chris Slade, like the big linebackers of, of old would, you know, traps past their earlobes. Those days are gone. I don't think they're coming back anytime soon. Yeah, I would agree. Um, now Micah Parsons is a different beast because he was essentially a middle linebacker off the ball linebacker at Penn state. Who's now an elite edge rusher to some degree in the NFL. He's just a freak. You could play him any, except for defensive line. You could play him anywhere. Absolutely. And sort of on the defensive line too. The one thing I would argue is sort of a differentiation between the peppers and the Phillips and the Duggars Mm -hmm. is their instincts, their reads, everything, their, their safeties, their back end players, And so while a guy may be of similar build and stature, I would like the guy who for his career, high school, college has been taking on guards, knowing how not to take on guards, how Mm -hmm. to shoot gaps, how to read run plays. Like that is who they are fundamentally. And I would like to see one of those added to the mix because I think that's what Jawan Bentley is. He's just a bigger, slower version of that. I'd like to see a more athletic version of, the old school captain of the defense linebacker, but change the mold a little bit, change the skill set in the build a little bit. Um, and I don't know who that guy is. I haven't necessarily you know, gone through all the, the draft process, but I will tell you, they're almost always available in the middle of the draft, end mm-hmm. of day two, early day three, because they are still undervalued. Like no one, the, the Tremaine Edwardses and the guys that are like that form of linebacker, athlete, big, fast, strong, 
they go near the top of the draft. They're they're mm-hmm. valuable commodities because they are kind of rare, and teams can put them into a variety of uses. But I would be saying a mid round, um, mid round old school but new school linebacker. You need to also look for it. the the new mold is Miles Jack. It's Keanu Neal. It's Dion Clark. Jack. Yeah, Miles me too. Jack was a uh, high end pick. Yes, sometimes you'll find the rare occasional high-end pick. Sometimes you find that diamond in the rough that you develop in the middle that it like shares tendencies and instincts and looks like a hybrid of a safety and a linebacker. That's kind of what the Patriots need now and uh, is the new linebacker du jour in the NFL. Real quick, Andy, uh, before we give our interest rating overall, I'm going to rattle off the top 10 linebackers free agent 2023 list right here. See if you've heard of, are a fan of, or know anything about these people. Uh, this, of course, from our friends at NBC Sports Boston. Number 10, Drew Tranquil. Number 9, Alex Singleton. Number 8, Caden Ellis. Number 7, just feel free to say I anytime you've heard of one of these guys. Number 7, Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, obviously, I've heard of him, yes. yes. But he's uh, number 6, Bobby O'Karake. Oh, old friend Bobby O'Karake. Yes, uh, excellent linebacker who's given the Patriots fits in... Yes. Uh, Indianapolis as well. Uh, Shaq Leonard. There's, there's the, mo- there's the modern linebacker for you right there. Used to be no. Yeah. Derry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Big bucks. No whammy stuff. Number five, Jermaine Pratt. Number four, TJ Edwards. Mm-hmm. Number three, Tremaine Edmonds, Buffalo bills. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to have to make some difficult decisions about people with salary caps and high rising figures to pay him. Otherwise he's going to be gone. He gone. Number two, David long. Mm-hmm. And number one, Levante David, who is 33 years of age, but still playing younger than um, his age. Yeah, I mean, his age. I think we've seen with Bobby Wagner and Levante David, those guys are playing well, well into their Mm -hmm. 30s. Um, And I, I don't given all the other needs, investing in a linebacker like that does not really appeal to me, given what we've talked about with the safeties that the Patriots have and or could have. I, I'm looking to do it in a more cost-effective manner, whether that's second-tier free agency or whether that's second-tier drafting. Like, I looked it up. Logan Wilson went in the third round. So a third-round pick for a mm. linebacker that's sort How of How great centipede. would that be this year to find our equivalent of Logan Wilson? In Perfect. Perfect. Um, I, I'm not, you know, we know all the positions, tackle, wide receiver, cornerback, places where you may need to and want to spend a lot of money and invest in your roster. I think the the linebacker, overhaul or whatever you're trying to do injection of life has to come at a more uh, palatable price uh agreed 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 across the board all right so in this our third edition of the off-seasonal positional preview before free agency and of course the draft kicks in for the 2023 nfl offseason let us review for running backs which was our first off-seasonal positional preview i gave an interest rating of about three and a half you gave it a six both of us believing that the patriots are pretty set but we're interested to see uh, how Bill O'Brien changes the roles of developing young linebackers, the star in the making, and Ramondre Stevenson, if Ty Montgomery can come back, and if they will draft a third down back or another power back. Unlikely so, but hey, with Bill Belichick and company, you never know. When it came to wide receivers, we were both nine. Very interested, very intrigued, high-priority position to review this offseason. Now, Andrew, your grade, your interest rating for the linebacker position this offseason is? My interest rating for the linebacker position would be four. Um, I'm not overly interested in it. Um, Depending on what you do elsewhere, I think if you kind of status quote it, 
you'd probably be competitive and okay. Like I think Jawan Bentley is fine. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to kill you. He's not going to make plays. Some of the plays he makes are downfield every once in a while. Athletically, he won't be able to keep up. And that's just, mm-hmm. you've lived with that reality for a couple of years now. I think you could live with that. Would I like to see them? Uh, pounce on opportunities like you know go yard sailing and like wow somebody's selling this really nice couch for 20 bucks it's oh it's still got the plastic and the tags on it jump all the hell over it um but it's not a marquee need for this team at this time yeah it's right smack in the middle for me because i'm intrigued to see how the position does evolve i want to see who they bring in because i believe there will be some fresh and new faces I don't think guys like Mac Wilson and Raquan McMillan come back for much money. If they do, uh, it'll be like another one-year deal. Raquan, they're not going to cash in elsewhere in the NFL because, well, they didn't really stand out or do a hell of a lot of much. And both of them were a little bit dinged up last year as well. So I'm going to give it a five, right? right smack in the middle. Interested to see how it evolves on a Bill Belichick defense. Uh, interested to see the new names that come through, but I can't tell you who I would target. There's no one I'm in love with in the draft. There's no one I'm in love with from that free agency list as well. So right smack in the middle, it's a five. And put a one to a five, and you've got six, six rings. Ah, yeah. I, I, I apologize for that. I wasn't sure how to segue out of this segment into the final segment. So um, probably not going to get a lot of post. Yeah, Terp, why don't you just go ahead and clean that up, make it sound really smart. Yeah. See if there's maybe an algorithm or an AI that can fix that for us. We appreciate you guys so much. There'll be two more off-seasonal positional previews on next week's editions of Six Rings and Football Things. Hey, if you if whatever position you would like to see us address next, go ahead. Chat us up. Put it in the comments at Six Rings Pod, at Fitzy GFY, at Jumbo Heart, and we will address your needs. We've got a lot of other positions to address before free agency is let loose like a hungry dog in the backyard. So stay tuned and thanks for listening. And hey, this is the part of the podcast where we direct all of our attention to the inquiries, the questions, and the curiosities of you, the fine Foxborough faithful, the peoples of Pat's Nation. Andy Hart sitting in with your old pal Fitzy here for the Six Rings Pod mailbag. Andy, kind I of took sexist, it to no. What's that? Kind of sexist. All right, part uh, parcel bag. Should be a female bag. No, it should not. See, that's that's also exclusive. So it should just be a, it's not a person bag. It should just be a question bag. A bag right. bag. Now, I feel like we have ruined the entire segment before we, <laughs> this is why I probably should have just done it myself again, damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I took it to uh, the old at Fitzy GFY Facebook, where there's a thriving community of Pats fans. Um. We had dozens and dozens of questions. I have culled what I believe to be the best eight for today's robust discussion of Patriots offseason needs. Let's get it going. Andy, Erica Melmed says, guys, what's the plan for special teams? No slate, potentially no punter, no coach. What's the deal? Well, they have coaches. Certainly, it seems Cam Accord is back in some form or fashion. Joe Judge is back in some form or fashion. So you have two guys right there that have been special teams coaches running the units in the National Football League to various degrees of success and or failure, depending on which guy you're talking about and which time period. Um, The Slater thing I found interesting because certainly seems like he's retiring, but should be a guy who said throughout his career, he really had no interest in coaching and no interest in going down the NFL road. And, you know, he committed the time and now it's the family's time and sort of balance everything out now has made comments that he might be open to a coaching job if he were asked to go down that road. So 
Slater, to me, is the most interesting part of that question as a potential Ooh, assistant special teams coach. Yeah. I, Could you imagine? Like, that kind of gets me hyped, knowing you've still got that voice in the room, yep. that you still have that leadership, that presence, the accountability, the positivity well, a Matthew Slater brings to the table. I, I think that, too, except the last couple seasons would fly in the face of that. He was oh. in that room. He was the head of the accountability, and they sucked. <laughs> they were all tried. Yeah, he did. No, no, it no. Wasn't, it wasn't for, not la- not only was it not for lack of effort or spirit or emotion. You always got that out of sl- I mean, he. Sh- I mean, it's tough to be a gunner who's closer to NCAA, AARP than NCAA at this point on, in an NFL team. You stepped on your own joke there. Damn it. No, I did. All right. Um, but people got it. I got it. Uh, so that's the only thing I would say. I would love to have him involved because I think that's great. And anyone who's followed special teams over the years knows that those guys, the Larry Izzo's, the Matthew Slater's, are borderline coordinators while mm-hmm. they're playing. They they get together the the group meetings for more film and they get their own game planning. Like they are significant contributing factors into the process as players. So keeping Slater in that would be great, but you got to be better. You got to be better in that area. Yeah, too many mistakes a year ago um, that that were just costly. And I'm intrigued, by the way, if we're talking about Slater moving on, the Slater in training, my guy, Brendan Skula, Skula rocks. Um, I'm intrigued to see how he develops, if he legitimately is that next eight, 10-year yeah. special Dude, team. had a good rookie season before Very he good. got dinged up. Like, what did he have, three fumble recoveries? Like, he was a playmaker and a touchdown, like – Rather school, uh, as Matthew Slater called. Yeah, and like on one of the memes of the year, one of the moments of the year, giving Belichick the football and him looking at it like, Jesus Christ, what what do you get this out of here? Get this like out a dog face. that brought a squirrel head to the back door. Like, do you really think I'm gonna do anything with this? <laughs> right. Um Drop I would also like to address real quick some of the other notes. Um, our pal Andrew Callahan had a nice piece in the Herald this week about how the Patriots could make some salary cap room and free up some cashola to make some offseason moves. A couple of them said tough cuts would be releasing Jake Bailey and Nick Folk from their contractual obligations and going younger and cheaper at punter and place kicker. If you can get me Jake Moody in the draft, the kicker from Michigan, who was just absolutely nails last season and has a giant leg. I'm in as much as I do love Nick Folk coming up short on some of those big kicks and the tough conditions. And also he's making a lot of money. Jake Bailey. Um, that might be all folks, especially considering the disagreement between he and his agent and the Patriots over his rehabilitation. So you could save some money there. And as far as other elements of special teams go, you can't be in much better hands as far as your return game goes than Marcus Jones and nothing else. Like, and as they said in Marvel comics and Stan Lee, enough said, I mean, like you've got like maybe the most electric, the most electric return man in the NFL today. Marcus Jones is a, Stud. So in transition in some elements, but special teams will definitely be better next year, Andy. Calvin McLaughlin. Guys, what will it take for, and he puts it in quote, fans to back the F off of Mac Jones? He had a sophomore slump and a defensive coach as his offensive coordinator. Who the hell would have succeeded with those circumstances? Sounds like Calvin calls them Foxborough frauds as well. Well done, Calvin, with your air. I knew that I was just... A nice piece of steak right there for you. I agree with him. I don't really understand the Mac hate, and it's not just fans. I would lump in expatriates, media members, analysts, ripping Mac for his, as Boomer Esiason calls it, douchiness on the field. Pissy antics and gestures. 
I think that those are the real frauds, the Julian Edelmans and Boomer Esiason, mm. who would be thrown in that situation and not react. Wow. They are. They're absolute frauds. Put your career in jeopardy by giving you a, a coach that is not very good at his job and is not prepared and is not qualified and competent. And we read about the dysfunction thanks to aforementioned Andrew Callahan and Karen Garigian in the Boston Herald. So do I think, Matt, we've, we've talked about this ad nauseum that do I think Max great? No. Do I think he's a bit of a dink personality wise? Yes. But there are some people that are just bullying and berating and piling on him after a horrific season. That was the list of issues were, were well above his pay grade before you got to criticizing Max. We don't so. have enough time to go over them when we spent way too much time in, uh, on podcasts, social medias, broadcasts, wherever you could have found it this year. I'm done with all of that. I mean, we can have our fun laughing at some of his off-season workout videos his trainer's putting out, looking like he's doing jazzercise at the Planet Fitness. But you know what? He's committed. He wants to re-earn the respect. He wants to get back to playing at a high level in the NFL. His teammates love him. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that the guy does right in the locker room and on the field. I gave him the mulligan on the season. I hope everyone else will. I want to go back to thinking we've got a future under center in Foxborough and that he can be the long-term solution. So everyone, please back the F off Mac Jones, like Calvin and Andy Hart have said, and give him a chance to rewin your respect and your love and more victories than losses this season. Just a season with the old BOB. Just give him a, like a, give him a couple of months with the Bob and we'll see what happens. And when Mac Jones, you know, I can already hear it week seven in the NFL, get up on ESPN Greeny here, Mac Jones, the Mac attack is back. What exactly brought about the return of the Mac? We'll discuss with our crew, plus other hacky sports days. You know, it's coming, Andy. Well, I hope it's coming. I don't know it's coming because I believe it's coming. There is a chance they broke him permanently that Humpty Dumpty never got put back together again. We will put him back together again. Bill O'Brien can do it, I believe. Uh, Patrick Williams, what should we fans consider, quote, success for the 2023 season? I thought this was a good philosophical quote, like a nice Hmm. open-ended, argumentative type debate question. What What will you consider success for the 2023 season? competitive competency that has you in the playoff picture late in the year. I can't guarantee you're going to make the playoffs. I can't guarantee you're going to win 10 games, 11 games. Like some of that falls into place as the schedule unfolds and all of those various details, but be a competent, competitive football team that doesn't give games away, that can execute offensively, that looks capable when they take the field. That, that would be it for me. Okay. More touchdowns than field goals. Fewer mistakes that harken back to the, the last couple of years so that we can start describing Patriot football as what it was prior to 2020, 2021, and especially 2022, and being alive for a playoff spot, if not maybe returning to the postseason. Because, got some news for you folks, Buffalo, they might take a small step back, but they're still going to be pr- pretty, pretty, pretty good. The Miami Dolphins, they were an injured quarterback away from possibly competing for the division title until everything kind of went south with the Tua injuries. Who knows what his health is like? They just hired Vic Fangio. They're going to be explosive on offense again. The defense likely is going to get better. And what if the Jetropolitans, uh, once he emerges from his darkness retreat, which is what I call my time spent on this podcast with you, what if Aaron Rodgers, what if they get Aaron Rodgers? You could have an absolute street brawl for the AFC East this year, which will be fascinating, compelling content for radio, podcasts, broadcasts, and more. But 
There's no, you know, there's no guarantee the Pats will just be able to zip right, but you know, get in the easy pass and zip to the top of the AFC East again, but it's going to be fun. Just don't well, make mistakes. I think everybody in the AFC, maybe actually, maybe not Buffalo. I think everyone else in the AFC East is going to be better. Every uh -huh. Patriots included. Bill O'Brien makes you better. Jets will not have Zach Wilson losing games. That makes them better. Even if it's just Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever mm -hmm. else, if it's not Carr, uh, excuse me, if it's not Rodgers. And I think Fangio makes the Dolphins better. Yep. Quarterback so I think everybody in the, the East is going to be a better division next year. So you have mm -hmm. to keep pace and find a way to be more, more better, as mo they better. say, better, than some yeah. of the other teams. More than yeah. just better, you have to be more better. More better blues. Uh, Jordan Watson, one of my favorites, uh, regular contributor on uh, all the platforms. Okay, Fitzy, if Robert Kraft called you tomorrow and said, we need you as general manager. <laughs> it, gets, it gets better. This is fun. This is why we mailbag in the offseason. I would say the organization is sunk and maybe start watching more Revolution games. And let's go Celtics. Remember when I said Matt Patricia should have turned down the offensive coordinator mm -hmm. job because he's incapable? Fitzy, I hope you'd be man enough to say, Robert, appreciate it, but sorry. Thank you, no. Mr. Thank you, Mr. K. But I could also, like, I could be I could be a figurehead general manager, and then I could let people that actually know the game of football like me. do the real work. Yeah, like well, may, maybe if you stop trolling me on the podcast, maybe I would put you in secret counsel heart. Um, all right, so, all right, I'm now the, I'm the GM. I've been given a lifetime of IPAs and the chowder of my choice. What would be my first move in the offseason? Andy, I'm going to, and now as you, uh, um, with you being uh, sort of my uh, conciliary here as the secret, we are now the the dynamic duo of the Patriots draft. Yours is trade for a number one wide receiver. I trade for T. T. Higgins. T. Higgins. I would Higgins. swing for the fences, trade 14. We're going to we're gonna lube up the Bengals a little bit so that we get something in return with T. Higgins to lessen the draft uh, fall off there with the 14th pick. But we have T. Higgins. We hand him the $100 million it's going to take, and Mac Jones is in love. Uh, my first move of the offseason – uh, commit to getting a starting left tackle that'll be a dominant force in the NFL for the next 10 years. No, now, who, whether, how? I need details. Well, no, no, details. no. But I, uh, whether, I, whether I go out and try to find somebody in free agency, we're having the internal discussion. Everyone's in our little war room right now. Orlando whether Brown. we identify that as someone who can be had in free agency, like an Orlando Brown, someone we could trade for, like Garrett Bowles of the Denver Broncos, because they might have to pare down some salaries to be able to make a few moves and get some draft capital now that they pissed it all away for Mr. Unlimited. Or do we invest in the draft and get a Peter Skaronsky or the tackle from uh, Brock Wilkerson or whatever the hell his name is, uh, the big dude from Georgia? Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones, same person. You weren't close. I, I didn't need to be. People had, you know, that's what you're Jones. here for. It's Jones. It's a simple name. Okay, it is, right? Jones and Jones. Jones taking care oh, of Jones. The Jones, Jones brothers. Jones, 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 Jones. That'll be all right. We definitely need an, yeah, I know there's there, there's a surfeit of Joneses already. I would just love to see the Jones section at the Patriots Pro Shop. If Broderick Jones comes in and you've got, we got them all. We got Jack Jones, Mac Jones, Marcus Jones, Broderick Jones. But isn't the verb jonesing bad? It means you're seeking like you're fiending for? Jonesing yeah, well, for talent? Obviously now the Patriots will be jonesing for talent. A championship. Oh, see, jonesing for talent. You've been Maybe out of the so you've been out of your work with the social media team for far too long. You missed that was right there in front of your face, and you missed it. So that would be my first move. Andy goes for the receiver. 
I firm up however we're going to commit to I firm up our commitment to pursuing a starting left tackle. For you sound like a politician. I firm up our commitment to pursuing. Let I me tell you. you right now. No more mailbags with Andy Hart on this podcast. <laughs> Devin Nunn, what do you think the general consensus is from viewpoints of the diehards versus the spoiled pink hat fair weather fans Pitsy. of the direction of the organization? Uh, so is Andy, let me, uh, let me translate. Do you think the Foxborough faithful, the people you call you people, the frauds, the diehards, uh, how do they feel about the direction of the organization right now? Well, encouraged, relieved? I think encouraged. Uh, I think Bill O'Brien was a positive. Like, that moved the needle in a positive direction. And I would go to the poll we talked about earlier. 48% believe they'll be back in the Super Bowl in the next five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's relatively optimistic, right? That's half your fan base. And my followers are mostly Patriot fans, so it's a mm-hmm. large sampling, a good polling of sa- Patriot fans. Mm-hmm. So half of them think they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I think that's optimistic that they bottomed out, that last year was a a lost year, but also a valuable year in like, ah, oh, we porked it. We really need to change the way we're doing things. It's the old Batman's dad principle. Why do we fall down, Bruce, so we can learn to pick ourselves up again? Now, we didn't, didn't have to go down. through. They, they intentionally fell on their faces. But, yes. they, you know, I get what your point is. Well, may, maybe we'll just learn in the end that that was a sim because they wanted to see how Mac would respond to criticism, uh, turbulence, turmoil, strife, difficult times. You know, as 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 uh, you know, we only had to go for a couple of years without being relevant or dominant again. Like it's we're not talking about like Jerry Thornton's from Darkness to Dynasty, where they're just like a laughing stock for decades. And then all of a sudden we get a few kicks at the can. And then a few decades later, we are the double dynastic franchise that all people set their standards to for professional sports. Yeah, I would say right now I I'm encouraged. So there's the word I will, I will walk away from that question with, I think the, the Foxborough faithful are encouraged about the direction of the organization. All right, let's wrap, let's semi rapid fire. These final three, uh, Tom Bishop, if Bill's not going to be the coach of the next Super Bowl team, then why is he still the coach? Wait, what? Uh, he, he's hearkening back to Tom Curran's thing, saying like Bill Belichick will not be the coach of the next iteration, the next Super Bowl iteration of the Patriots. So but why is he still the a, coach? That's just an opinion. He could be the coach of the Patriots in the Super Bowl this year. Like you never know. In Las Vegas, it could be the Patriots versus the Eagles. Like, like just because Tom Curran says it's over his dead body doesn't mean it's actually a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, because they still believe that he is the best man for the job, is motivated. Now you can talk about motivations for records and Shula and, and those types of things or whatever, but do so do you believe he's not the best man for the job right now? I 100% believe he is the best man for the job. He just got a little out over his skis and took on too many responsibilities. Robert Kraft getting involved, reminding him, hey, you don't have to do everything. That's why we have money. That's why we have me. That's why we have other people is was something that was legitimately in the best interest of the football team. Okay, so the simple answer is he's still the best man for the job, regardless of when that next Super Bowl comes. Mm-hmm. Not everybody makes the Super Bowl. No, right? Like not how it works. But all 32 teams have to have coaches that they believe in that snapshot in time are the best coach. Is Sean Payton going to win a Super Bowl in Denver? I have no idea. But if you like, so, so why is he there? Mm-hmm. If you're not sure he's going to be the Super Bowl coach, why mm-hmm. is he there? Well, why was Urban Meyer there in Jacksonville? Did someone Because they really... thought he was the right coach. It was wrong. Yeah. Some people get these things wrong. Not everyone, right. nobody's perfect. Not even us, the Six Rings guys. Not even Tom Curran. Nope. 
Uh, last two real quick. John Murray. Everyone keeps talking about DeAndre Hopkins as a receiver option for the Patriots. He's old and expensive. What are your thoughts on Deontay Johnson from the Steelers? Now, is he a building block? Is he a pillar for their offense going forward? There was the story that perhaps Deontay Johnson had a bit of a scrape this past season uh, and may have uh, thrown hands at uh, Mitch Trubisky because he was unhappy with the number of targets he was getting in a game. Is Deontay Johnson long for the Steelers? Could he be had? Uh, he may be had. I don't think he's a number one receiver, personally. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a adding a, a complimentary talent, a, a guy who, yeah, can play, but I, I would not put him on the T. Higgins. Some people give me pushback on T. Higgins. They think he's a 1A or a B receiver, a number two, blah, 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 really good too. I personally think he's a one. I think if you put him on a team where he doesn't have Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams, he's the alpha. He's the number Uh one receiver. Uh I don't even DeAndre Hopkins, when he returned from his suspension, was as good as anybody last year, was as good as anybody. Yes, he was on an offense that was an absolute mess, which is why I prioritize him, because you can give up likely a day two pick to get him. Yeah. And we know he's going to be in good shape because he although the. Somebody actually poo-pooed my idea that we know he's willing to do anything to stay in good shape. Like maybe he already got suspended, so now he's off the stuffs because he can't afford to. And now you're, he's right, going to get old right. fast. Come it's an interesting now. theory, but no, we I already don't, have Deontay John. We have the discount version of Deontay Johnson and Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, I, 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 no, no, I'm not. No, no, that feels like more lateral. Yeah, like being cheap, throwing like bodies at it and hoping one of them. No, no, no. I want to I want to go after a guy that I feel like changes everything. The lead domino that lets all the other dominoes fall into place. And I don't think he's that. Oh, Deontay Johnson, just for the record. Um, yeah, yeah, let's see. Uh, he's got the uh, let's see, 20 touchdowns in his four seasons in the NFL, 3,640 yards, averages 11 yards a catch. Longest catch ever is 50 yards. Nah, hard pass. Last one. He's fine. but He's he's a fine receiver, but I'm not going after him to, like, reset the wide receiver room. No, thanks. Uh, Lastly, Cecil Linker. What if Brady goes to the Hall of Fame as a Buccaneer? Is that the greatest F you of all time? Well, but it doesn't really work that way. I mean, it would be the greatest F you of all time if he somehow made it clear he's going in as a Buck. That would be Dinky, and I don't put it past him because he's a dink. No, don't you dare. And he's kind of a dink sometimes. Would he really so much so that he would be more grateful towards the organization that embraced him after the 20 years where he made a name, uh, image, celebrity, likeness, and spectacularness of himself? No, come on. Depends how he feels at the moment. Just like he, you know, was crapping all over cold parades and the best Super Bowl ring was the Bucks ring and all these things. You know, and then he comes back to Foxborough. He's like, I'm going to be a member of this community someday. Like, he's a fraud. Depends when you ask him and where you ask him. But in the, in the NFL, you just go in with your jacket and your bust in your head. You you don't, there's no helmet It's just on. about what you say. It's about who gives the speech and who, you know, advocates and vouches for you. Who presents the nominee, you know, like, you know, will Robert Kraft hopefully still be with us long enough to knock at the door five years from now? Will it be... Will it be Bill Belichick? It's obviously not going to be the giant guy that used to do it all the time. You know, who will be the presenter for him and who will he spend more of his time in his speech talking about? I'm pretty yeah. sure it's going to be the Pats. If Because I think his presenter is going to be his dad. I'd almost be stunned if it's not his dad. The uh, way he had that I'm already, see, I'm already getting worked up right now. Yeah. But or maybe it'll be Jack. Maybe the oldest boy who's going to be in college. Who did you see that photo? Um, he's taller than Edelman. He's a giant. But he's also he looks like Brady now. There was a photo I think on Valentine's yeah, Day that might Tom be more handsome up. than his dad. He he 
that kid's got a bright future ahead of him in a lot of ways. He's, yeah, yeah. He he uh, he put it this way: he won't be going to the prom by. He won't be the guy going no. to homecoming by himself. No, but that would be cool. But if if the Glaziers, do they they still own the team? Glazers? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If 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 he somehow had them be his presenter, yeah, that's a giant. Uh, F we riot. We riot. Yeah. I mean, I I I Canton doesn't it like it burns that night. Or Bruce Arians or Byron Leftwich. Oh, or anybody, I ring anybody. the purge siren and that place burns to the ground. Maybe he has a sense of humor and has Gronk do it. Okay, All that right. I'm okay with. Yeah, Yo Soy in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Oh God! It would be terrible. I don't even. We a whole. We can do a whole podcast on how bad that Gronk commercial and the kick was and everything. But we're out of time. I know it's a podcast. There's no such thing as being out of time. But we got to go. We went longer than we thought we would. But that was a ton of fun. Good job. I'm looking forward to the offseason mailbag every week with you, Andy. Thank you, Justin Turpin, our producer. Thank you guys for listening. He's at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. You can hear us Sundays on Weei, a couple nights a week each on the Rich Keefe Show. And thank you as always for following along, playing, and help us grow. This wild, ridiculous, fun and festive Patriots community that is at Six Rings and Football Things. Until the next episode, this has been Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. For the Jumbo Package, I'm your old pal Fitzy. Good day, God bless, and as always, go Pats.